Now, I just want you to hear this. I wasn't always safe as a kid. I did some really stupid things. I wasn't always thinking of, you know, uh, should I do this or not do this? A part of my brain had not yet developed. But I know that my mom and dad, that was their chief interest. They sometimes wondered how I lived to be 12 with some of the choices I made. This is what we're talking about, trying to make it as simple as possible, not just for kids, but for all of us. The issue of a Savior, we give him the name Savior. It means someone who keeps us safe. The issue is safe from what? We realize that you will still have auto accidents. Uh, You might still be caught in an avalanche when you ski. We realize that you trip or you fall or you burn yourself. You're not necessarily safe from that. But this Savior came to keep us safe. Now, safe and save come from the same root. And a Savior is one, like my dad, who grabs your arm and pulls you out of danger. Who yanks you out for the, for the uh, sole purpose of your protection and longevity in life. So just as my father pulled my arm out and kept me out of harm, understand when God sends his son Jesus, he has the same thing in mind. He wants us to keep us, he wants to keep us safe from something beyond our own abilities to do. And he tells Joseph exactly what we all need to be safe from. God wants to keep us safe from what only he can keep us safe from. And he makes it as clear as he possibly can as he tries through Jesus to reach down and grab us and yank us back through his son Jesus. You know the story. Uh, Joseph is engaged to Mary. At that time, it was it was of the same commitment level as, as, as a marriage. Mary becomes pregnant, but she becomes pregnant by the Holy Spirit, not by another man. Joseph has never heard of such a thing. You haven't either. This is the only time it has happened, only time it will happen. So he doesn't understand it, and what he decides to do is the honorable thing, the thing that will save his reputation as much as he can and not do much damage to Mary. He decides to divorce her quietly, and then they both go on with their lives. Now, God, through a dream, tells Joseph how Mary became pregnant. And that Joseph is to marry her and raise the child as if it was his own. Then he gives Joseph the name that is to be bestowed upon this child. And with that name comes the purpose of this child. And the name and the purpose match. They dovetail together. So what is it that we, that we need a savior for? First of all, you need to be saved from. By save from, I mean the earned consequences of things we do in this life. You see, the name of Jesus means God is salvation. And the purpose of Jesus in coming to earth was that people would be saved from their sins. It says in Matthew 1, verse 21, She will give birth to a son, and you were to give him the name Jesus, God is salvation, because he will save his people from their sins. You see, in creation... uh, We are given great minds. We are the smartest creatures on planet. And some of you think you're even smarter than the rest of us. More than that, we are given a conscience. We have this idea of what is right and what is wrong. What is the best thing to do and what maybe isn't the best thing to do. We're just not out for survival. 
But in addition to that, we're also given freedom to make our own choices. We call this free will. This is the way things were set up. Now, God gives us two commands. Now, when it, some of you who have read the Bible says, no, there's commands everywhere. But you can take all the commandments in the Bible and pretty much just get them down to two big ones. The first one is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second one is love your neighbor as yourself. And you can evaluate yourself in terms of your life according to those two commands. You know what? Even when I'm with people who do not believe, they they often quote, love your neighbor as yourself. They may not believe in God, but they least believe that I should take good care of other people on this planet. So almost everybody agrees with one. So what we're talking about here is then the earned consequences of breaking those rules are something that we do not want. We will choose in life, daily often, we will choose either to not love God or not love our our fellow man. And with that comes both unforeseen and undesired consequences. I'm not talking about the legal ones. I'm talking about the heavenly and spiritual ones. Let me give you an example here. Yesterday, I show up uh, to the office. It's fairly early. Uh, The sun isn't coming up till now about 7, and it had just sort of come up. And there in our parking lot was one other car waiting for me. And it said, Jefferson County Sheriff's. And it was an SUV of a Jefferson County Sheriff. Interesting. I wondered if we'd been broken into or something. I had no idea. So I park my car, get out of my car, walk over to the sheriff, knock on his window. He puts down his window, and I say, hi, I'm Jim DeMoller. Is everything okay? He goes, oh, yeah, I just park here. And I go, I just want you to know, you can park here as much as you want. We love it when you park here. Can we reserve a spot just for you? And he says, no, don't worry about that. But we invited him to come often. I invited him to come often. Then I said, um, well, look, uh, I'm going to open the door, and, and you can come in and use the bathroom if you need it. He goes, thank you very much. Then I look at him, and I say, would you like a cup of coffee? I'm going to brew some coffee. Can I make you some coffee? Oh, no, thanks. And then I invite him to tonight. Why don't you come to the, you know, the service tonight. I think you'd like it. And he talks about mass and whatever like this. I said, fine, but just wanted you to know that you're invited. And finally I say, and Merry Christmas. He looks at me and goes, Merry Christmas to you. I walked away from those five minutes thinking, I got my love thy neighbor down pretty well for those five minutes. I can't think of another time in which I had covered all the bases like I'd covered those. So I walk into my office and, yeah, man, I got this. I got this down. Later that morning, I get a call from someone who asked me to do a favor. And I go, oh, I would love to do that favor. And I was lying through my teeth. I didn't want to love my neighbor. And there was something going on inside of me that very day. Even later that day, Someone else requested something of me and said it in a pretty nasty way, and I said it something back. And you got to realize, I'm 67 years old. When I give people a piece of my mind, there's not many pieces left to let go of. And so I was regretting the way I talked to that person. And I realized all in one day, I can be magnificent and I can totally blow it. Even blow it with the ones that I that I say that I love the very most in my life. That's just loving my neighbor. 
You want to hear about loving God? I'm not going to go there, but just understand that because of those things, we have a perfect God who has set a standard who says, I want you to use these two commands to to sort of evaluate yourself and understand you're not perfect like I'm perfect. Just use a command. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when he says that, all, 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 I don't do that. And love your neighbor as yourself. And I have to admit, I love myself far more than I love my... At least I take care of myself better than I take care of my neighbor. Those two commands stand before me, realizing that a perfect God gave them to me. And like every other time I break rules, there are consequences for breaking those. The consequences are separation from God. The consequences are something like eternal death. You see, we like to think that we're pretty good when it comes to both our thoughts and our behaviors. We we certainly understand that, hey, I'm better than most, and I'm better than the person I'm sitting next to, but we can't say we're better than God. We can't say we even come close to touching his perfect standard. That's why we need a Savior. We need to be saved from the earned consequences we deserve in our lives. And Jesus is that Savior. He keeps us safe from what we deserve. That's not all we're safe from. We're saved from, but we're also saved to. When I say saved to, about 35 years later, uh, Jesus is doing his ministry, and he's he's in this place where uh, he approaches a tax gatherer, and he, he says to him, his name is Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, I want to have lunch with you today. So they go and have lunch, and I'm sure they had a long discussion. And at the end of that discussion, at the end of that meal, Zacchaeus gets up and he declares to Jesus, Jesus, I, I, I just want you to know, you have impressed me so much that I'm going to give half of everything I own to the poor. Wow. Half. Not only that, now think of this, if you understand history. Uh, A tax collector got his job by setting a quota. The highest quota got the job. And then anything that was left over from meeting that quota, the tax collector got. So a smart tax collector would take his finger and put it on the scale when the, you know, the money was put down. So oh, that's not quite enough. Put another on. Please, put another on. Okay? They cheated all the time. It was, it was expected of them. Not, not, that was then. This is now. Okay? But it was expected of them. So then he says, if I have cheated anybody out of any money in my tax collecting, I will pay them back four times as much. What is he expressing? Well, Jesus said it well. He goes, My gosh, in this life, salvation has come to this household today. By the way you are expressing a change of heart in your life, God must have reached in and grabbed you and and done that, torn your heart out and put a new one back in. See, he was saved for a new purpose in life. A life of greater purpose. It was no longer, I am alive, not to see how much I can get, but how much I can give. 
That was the evidence of his changed purpose in life. How would you define the purpose of your life today? How would you define it? And how would you say it's working out for you? I promise this. You place your faith in Jesus as the Savior, your Savior, and be ready for new purposes in your life, for your life on this earth. And I'm not saying it'll be easy to live those purposes, but I can promise you this. You won't be sorry when this life is over. You will not be sorry. And it goes beyond this life. Because thirdly, we're saved for an eternal existence. God creates us with an eternal view. His idea was, I'm going to let everybody spend, you know, 60 to 80 years. And I'm going to make it as tough as I possibly can. And and then I'm just going to let them die and turn into fertilizer. What sort of a God is that? That is not what is on God's mind. What he has a desire is for us to be with him for eternity. To end this life with all of its troubles and to be in his presence and to be with his son in heaven. And we understand that God has told us that we don't have to suffer an eternal death, but instead we can, we can celebrate an eternal life. And that is what the birth of this baby is all about. It is the birth of God's magnificent plan declaring to us that he has come to this earth so that we might go to his heaven for eternity. Um, I realized as I was broaching the subject, you say, well, look, we're talking about a birth. Isn't it a bit inappropriate to talk about death when you're talking about birth? I mean, isn't it a bit morbid, isn't it? I mean, help me. Well... This is just the way the world works. Yesterday, I uh, pick up the mail. Yesterday was a real good day for illustrations. It's just amazing. I pick up the mail, and it's filled with Christmas cards. And there's many, many Christmas cards. And I I look at them. I look at the uh, return address, and I open them up. And there's often pictures of the development of all of our friends from different places in the world. And it's so good to catch up with these cherished friends. And I go through all of them one by one. Oh, look at that. They have another grandchild. Oh, look at that. Her daughter got married. It's just a wonderful time to catch up with people. And at the bottom of the one, which I thought was another card, I eventually opened up and I looked at it. And it was from, let me get this right, National Cremation Society. That's right. The National Cremation Society inviting me to something. (laughs) Inviting me to put money down to die with them. Oh, it was wonderful. And you know what it said? Dear Jim... Happy holidays. (laughs) No, get it. Any of you get it this month? Happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays. Here I am thinking about the birth of Jesus, and here's someone writing me saying, you're going to die soon. Why don't you take care of it now so it's not a great expense on your children? And there's a joke there, but I'm not going to tell it because my children are sitting in the audience. So, uh, So they say, prepay now for your inescapable death. I go from cherished friends to prepaid cremation about my death, from friends to death. And that's the way life is for all each of us, isn't it? We, sometimes we're in the, you know, we're with our best 
uh, friends. Sometimes we're in great moments of joy, but often we're faced with this. Even for those of you that, you know, the ones we call millennials, those of you under 35, before you're 50, five or six people you know will have died early. And you knew them. They were your age. We cannot plan that. But Jesus says, I can save you for it. God sends his son to us from heaven to our earth so we could know that we can go from this earth to God's heaven. You cannot escape death. One of the, one of the uh, little children's songs of Christmas is uh, Away in a Manger. And the last verse goes like this. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay. Close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care and fit us for heaven to live with you there. He sent his son so you would be fit for heaven for eternity. He sent his son so that you could be saved for eternity. That's what a Savior does. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for reaching down and grabbing humanity so that they might be safe. Safe from the consequences of their thoughts and actions. Safe from the punishment that they deserve. Thanks that they can be safe from wasting their lives on purposes that just won't amount to a hill of beans when it's all over and safe for heaven. Safe for an eternal existence with you. What a God. What a Son. Jesus. God is salvation. Jesus, our Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, and all of God's people said, Amen.